One person said, a good friend of mine who was an evangelist said, if God came down and handed you a success manual for life, would you read it? And of course, everyone in the congregation said yes. And he said he already has. It's called the Bible. So it's full of wisdom. It's full of nuggets that you need and that I need in um, everyday living. Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Hi, Greg McAfee here once again with The Greg McAfee Show. And as always, uh, if you guys have not subscribed to the YouTube or pod channel, feel free to do so. Each week I put out this content because I really want to see each and every one of you succeed and grow your business. So hit the subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and on every Tuesday when I put out a new episode, you'll be the first to see it. And this is good stuff today. I hope it's all good stuff, but this is good stuff today because it comes from... My Leadership Bible, which I have used um, since probably somewhere around 1998. It's the original Leadership Bible. Uh, This was before John Maxwell came out with his Leadership Bible. And um, I swear by them. I bought several friends and uh, Christian business owners these Bibles because I I just, I absolutely love it. It is, um, it applies to what we do every single day. And, um, it has the Bible, and I believe it's the NIV version, and then it has um, principles um, that you apply, uh, that you read on a daily basis for maybe a week or two weeks, depending on the study. Uh, so this week, I'm uh, reviewing something that it looks like I've went through at least twice, because I like to date things and mark things up a little bit. Um, but this is called a Leadership Principle on Encouragement. So, um, if you don't know the Bible, uh, bear with me, but this is, uh, this really is good stuff and it applies to us every day. Um, if you've ever heard of Barnabas in the Bible, Barnabas was, um, his name actually meant encourager. Um, but Barnabas, Barnabas was, um, definitely an encouragement to who? Saul, who became Paul. Now, Saul, um, hated Christians. He murdered Christians for a hobby. And uh, this guy had power, he had money, and uh, he just hated Christians, and he killed I don't know how many Christians. However, um, God got a hold of him one day, and uh, it was such a it was such a radical change in Saul's life that he changed his name to Paul. Um, but when God got a hold of Saul, he actually blinded him, um, put these scales over his eyes that blinded him for a few days to get his attention. Um, and when when uh, Saul basically came to his senses, he uh, became a Christian. But what happened was when, the, when they took um, Paul back to the Christian people, everyone was scared of him. They didn't trust him. They really didn't trust that he actually had an experience and got saved. Um, They didn't trust that. 
So Barnabas stepped in, and Barnabas, Barnabas said in Acts 9.27, it says, But Barnas, Barnabas took him and bought... I'm sorry, let me start over. What a mess. Um, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So basically Saul stayed with them, moved freely upon um, in Jerusalem, and people... Um, he earned their trust, but he would not have earned their trust if it wasn't for who? Barnabas. So, um, you know, this is all about um, functions of a leader. A leader, a leader performs um, many different functions, and they're very important. And one of the functions as a leader, you're going to say, "What, Greg, why are you reading us all this stuff out of the Bible? I don't read the Bible. Well, number one, I hope you do read the Bible. Number two, I hope this interests you in reading the Bible because you can gain a lot of um, wisdom from reading the Bible, um, whether you're a Christian or not. The Bible is—one um, one person said, a good friend of mine who was an evangelist said, if God came down and handed you a success manual for life, would you read it? And, of course, everyone in the congregation said yes— and he said he already has. It's called the Bible. So it's full of wisdom. It's full of nuggets that you need and that I need in um, everyday living. So one of, the, one of the functions of a leader is keeping hope alive. And uh, during, during those times in which others are lost in the dark and seem um, like an endless maze of despair, effective leaders will drive away the darkness with positive projections for the future. I want you to I want you to understand that. Because it's real easy to get down. It's real easy for your team to get down. It's real easy to go through um, the what I talked about from day one, the moping period. It's real easy to go through a downtime. Um, I remember when our phone didn't ring for two weeks. And uh I didn't. I had one employee at the time, but our phone didn't ring for two weeks, and I I hadn't been in business um, one week. I had been in business almost two years, and our phone didn't ring for two weeks. Um, and I and I think I told you this before, but one one of my friends said, you know, when do you call it quits? <laughs> Thank goodness I didn't call it quits. But um, we have downtimes here. Um, there are downtimes. There are slumps. You get into a slump. Um, you go through a period, um, where it's, you're not working, um, as many hours, you're not getting your team as many hours as they need to live on, um, sometimes. Now we guarantee a certain amount of hours, um, whether it's 30 or 32, we're pretty darn close to that. We'll, we'll do whatever it takes to try to get them that hours. Um, but there are some times where that's not enough to live on and, um, uh, a lot of my people like 40 hours plus, um, and uh, I'm sure yours do too. But anyway, um, we make positive projections for the future. We'll infuse those around us with optimism, and uh, they sense they sense it from us. And uh, sometimes they just need a shoulder, 
our team, sometimes they just need a shoulder to cry on or someone to listen. Um, you know, their life's not perfect by any means. I know my life's not perfect, but their life's not perfect. And you don't know what they're going through at home. And you need to be um, the, the uh, spark of encouragement in people's lives at work. If you're coming in moping around and kicking rocks, then I guarantee you your whole team is. And that's not healthy at all. Um, it's your job. It's your job to set the pace. It's your job to be positive. And you, you can be down, but there's only a certain number of people that can see you down. And, that's, and that is not going to be your team. I'll be honest with you, maybe a key manager, but the rest of your team, they don't see you down. Um, I joke with people I coach all the time when they say they, they, uh, they didn't go into work because, because they were uh, sick or down. And I'm like, guys, entrepreneurs don't get sick and they don't get down. Okay. I'm, I'm halfway serious there. I mean, it's showtime for me. I mean, if I if I come in, if I start missing a lot of work, I guarantee you my team's going to be missing a lot of work. Think about it. Whether you agree with me or not, just think about it. So we have we need the ability to encourage. We need to be the strong Barnabas in our businesses. We need to be a strong Barnabas. Let me tell you some ways. Let me t- let's talk about some ways today how you can be a Barnabas. First of all, if you're the leader. You need to be setting uh, the vision and clear goals for your team because they're looking for that. There are your your employees, your team, they're looking for clear goals. Where are we going? How do we get there? What is your vision, Mr. Leader? You can only motivate and inspire your team if if they know what we're all working for. Make sure your team is aware of your vision and and the ultimate goals of your business. And this encourages everyone. It encourages everyone to work harder and achieve more. So number one, a great way to encourage uh, is to share your vision and set goals. And I do this personally. I do this um, on a regular basis. And we set our goals for the following year in November. In November, we have our goals set, our budget set for the entire year. Now, is it perfect? No. Well, can it change? Can we modify? Can we tweak? Absolutely. But at least we have a plan. We have a plan of what we want to hit each month and what we want to spend on advertising and marketing and branding each month. So we've got that laid out. We, we want... Um, we even know how many people we plan on hiring, how many trucks we need to buy, all that kind of stuff. It's laid out. It's a plan. It's not written in stone, but it's pretty darn close. I mean, most most years we're pretty darn close uh, to, to uh, keeping on track with our plan. Um, number two, we have to communicate with our staff. We have to communicate with our team. It, it's it's uh, part of clear goal setting relies on effective communication. And I always say, you will hear me say this a lot around here. Informed people make better decisions. If I keep my people informed, they can make better decisions. If 
they keep me informed, I can make better decisions because I don't like surprises. I've said that before, but I don't like surprises. I like to be kept up on things. I like to know what's going on. Um, I don't need to know everything, but I need to know certain things. Like I said, I don't like surprises. So I communicate with people even when I don't have to. Matter of fact, one of my my uh, key managers the other day told someone, Greg communicates with us when he isn't even, when he's not here and when he's going to be back, and he doesn't have to. He owns the place. But I just I like good communication, best communication we can anyway. So it's a two-way street. It's a constant flow of communication between you and your team. This way you can um, not only keep up to date with what needs to be done, what's getting done, but you can also listen to their ideas and their opinions and their feedback. Now, do you say, Greg, do you need to, do I need to speak to all my employees every day? No, that's not going to happen. Um, I know someone that has um, pretty close to 400 employees and he, and he has um, made a point to know all their names. <laughs> and I say kudos to you, brother, because um, that's awesome. I don't know if I could do that. Um, but number one, share your vision and set your clear goals. Number two, communicate with your staff. So what I do is I meet with different departments on a regular basis. It's actually on a monthly basis. I'll meet with our service team. I'll meet with our installation team. I'll meet with our air duct cleaners. I'll meet with, um, I'll meet with our office staff. And I meet with our sales team um, every single day, if not twice a day. Um, every morning we have a sales meeting and we review, um, yesterday's sales and we review even the ones we sold, the ones we didn't sell and the ones that are pending. And then we talk about, uh, what do we have on the board for today? How does it look? Are they hot leads? Are they cold leads? You know, um, that kind of stuff. So I meet with them every single day. Uh, it, it seems to work. I, I told you where, where, um, this past week, we were, we were right around 85% closing ratio, and we had a very strong week. So I was very pleased with that. And number three, we have to encourage our team, and we have to encourage teamwork. The best kind of companies are those where everyone works together, and encouraging, promoting teamwork boosts productivity because it makes our team feel less isolated and keeps them um, feeling more engaged with what they do, why they do it. And it, uh, I also say in order to, uh, encourage, you need to promote within if all possible, uh, promote from within. So you've got someone moving up the ranks. Um, they're really good and you feel that that they might be, um, really good for another position, offer them the position before you offer to someone from the outside. Um, now again, make sure I'm making sure I'm clear on this. I'm not saying promote from within all the time, because a lot of times you, you may not have the person internally for that position and you have to hire from the outside, but if at all possible, try to promote within that is encouraging. And number four, provide a healthy office environment. We've tried to do that, honestly, from day one. Um, from the day one when we had our first employee and, and we built an office in a garage, it was a clean 
pleasant environment to work in and it didn't even have a bathroom and it didn't have running water and and our first receptionist had to walk up to our house to use the restroom but it was um it was healthy it was it wasn't an atmosphere um it wasn't unsafe to work in and an environment that has um that wants to make an uh, significant impact on pro- productivity you have to have um not only contentment within the office, but you also have to have creativity. So first I'm going to talk about the office employees because if, if, it's, if you have a healthy, happy office team, um, more than likely they're going to feel more motivated, they're going to feel engaged, and, and 90, 90% of the time they're going to enjoy coming in every day, okay? Because you shoot for 100, you're going to be disappointed. But um, So you create a space that's enjoyable to work in. And because employees and the team, I call the employees team, but the team, your team, a lot of times spends more hours at work, either in the office, in their truck, in the shop, at a job, than they do at home. So we need to provide um, an atmosphere that um, they can succeed in where they feel safe, um, where they're where they have enough privacy, where it's not extremely noisy, um, where they even have the best of air quality. Uh, we have air pure, we have rooftop, we have ten rooftop units on my building, and we have uh, the new iWave air purifier commercial units on every unit. Um, we have great filtration, and um, so I'm providing. Um, great air quality. That's what we do for a living. If I didn't, it would kind of be silly. I also, um, we also try to provide as much natural light and we did away with all fluorescent and we went, we went with LED in the entire building internally, externally. Got a little bit of a br- um, um, rebate from our power company and I took advantage of that and we just made the investment and every light bulb in this entire place was changed. And I don't know how many there were, but there were skids of LED lights. And uh, it, it's got more of a um, more of a brightness to it. It's, it doesn't give you the fluorescent headache. Um, so all that kind of stuff matters. And it also it also matters where uh, again the safety. You can feel safe here. Um, we have a really nice break room where you can go in and relax. And we have a couch. You know, we have real chairs. Um, we have TVs, several TVs throughout the building. Um, and uh, just an atmosphere to succeed in. And, you know, we also encourage, um, you know, healthy snacks. Um, we do have access to exercise. We, um, we have a group membership to a local YMCA. They can either go to one next to their house or they can go to one um, right here close to our office. And um, so we do encourage encourage better health. And uh, so we basically had, in order to encourage your team, we had share your vision and set clear goals. We had communicate with your staff. We had encourage uh, your team and to, to have and to have teamwork. We had a healthy office environment. And, and we also need... Um, to give positive feedback and rewards. So it's, um, 
The power of positive praise is extremely important. And for the businesses that I coach, I can tell you um, they're honest with me and they say we just don't give enough praise. And um, sometimes we're, we're so focused on getting jobs done and hopefully you're focused on getting to the customer and taking care of the customer that we neglect taking care of our own customer, which is our employee. And um, But the power of positive praise is sometimes overlooked. And um, But recognizing and applauding achievement inspires team members as they see themselves progressing toward the goals of the company. And um, we've got to encourage people. Um, we do we we do it many different ways. It can be as easy as we took uh, we had a questionnaire sent out one time, and it was recent. Um, I just looked at it the other day. What's your favorite candy bar? Do you like to be recognized in front of people or privately? What's your favorite restaurant? Those types of things. What's your favorite sport? All those types of things. So. You know, if somebody puts down Snickers, that'd be me. Uh, but if somebody puts down Snickers bar and, uh, you know, you leave a Snickers bar on their desk or in their truck, um, make sure it doesn't melt. But um, you leave it in there and you put a note or a little card that says, thanks, you know, thanks for getting everything done yesterday. A, a lot of times I will say thanks for all you do, but sometimes that's so. You know, focus focus on something that they've really done well, and then mention it, and that goes along. That actually goes a longer way than just saying thanks for all you do around here. Um, but um, I'll tell you, a little Snickers bar goes a long way, or a little you know Clark bar, or Payday, whatever their favorite is. Um, getting a uh, gift card to their favorite restaurant, fifty bucks, hundred bucks, whatever. Um, you know, saying thanks. Um, um, uh, you know, I think I told you, but, um, I'm, I'm a truck guy. I love trucks. I know a lot of you guys do too. Um, but I just, I had a 2018, uh, 2018 Ford F250 Super Duty Diesel Duramax, I believe it is. Um, had a sales, sales guy hadn't been with me too long. Um, just hit. 2 million in sales, residential, we do residential, just hit 2 million in sales. Uh, and, and he's only been, he only, he's only been selling here since August. Um, so he was joking with me one day and said, I'd really like to have that truck. So I did just that. <laughs> I didn't title it to him or anything like that, but that's his sales truck. And I brought people out. I brought the team members outside and I presented him with a nice clean, uh, almost new truck had 33,000 miles on it. And, uh, I rewarded myself with a new truck as well, but I didn't talk about that then, but I like to pass trucks down. I like to pass them on down the line. Been doing that for years. It seems to work good and, uh, it encourages and it's a positive, uh, reward for people. And, um, you know, it, it helps them. It helps them come to work every day. If you come to our office for a visit, you will see in our customer service area, which is our 
admin area. We call them all customer service people. We have made in the USA sit stand desks. Um, we don't have any cubes. It's all sit stand. Uh, number one, that's that's uh, that's healthier to sit and stand throughout the day instead of sitting all day. And uh, number two, it gets their blood circulating and it it uh, you know keeps them alert and uh, they like it. And it's clean, nice white tops. Monitors come off the top, two big monitors, and uh, everything they can work at. We try to provide, again, an atmosphere where they can succeed. Um, we keep a very clean headquarters. Um, we have a cleaning staff that comes in twice a week and cleans, and then we clean on our own on a, on a daily basis. We're picking up, sweeping, mopping, whatever it takes. Um, but when you come through here, a lot of times people think we clean for them. We, we don't clean for them. It stays this clean all the time. And uh, if, we if we keep our building clean, we're going to keep your home clean when we're inside your home doing work. And last is number six, provide opportunities for development. Um, and, uh, and I think we can go back to um, promote from within when possible. But team members feel more valuable when they are learning and enhancing their skills. And to motivate them and inspire them, you provide your employees with opportunities for growth and development. And we, we used to have a saying years ago, we did a video, but we train, train, and then train some more. And uh, you know the old saying, I've said it here before, but um, some people say, well, what happens if I spend a lot of money training them and a lot of time training them and they leave me? And uh, I, I agree, that sucks. It happens every day. Not every day, but it happens every day in business. Um, however, what if you don't train them properly and they stay? What do you prefer? I tell people all the time, when I train people, I know I'm training them correctly. So if they do leave me, they're going out to another company and at least they know how to do it right. Now, I can't control whether they do it right there or not, but they leave here knowing how to do it right. And that matters. So train uh, technically training, soft skill training, customer training, sales training. We have, um, we have a training center, which I'm, I'm going to remodel. It's going to be, um, it's going to be really nice when we get it done, but it is, it does, it has, it's a full training center with almost every kind of furnace and air conditioner in it. Um, and almost every kind of part motor we can disassemble, put back together, all that kind of stuff. And we have a simulator for troubleshooting that we can, uh, simulate. It's, it's a ridiculous amount of, uh, electrical problems. It's, it's somewhere around 150 different electrical problems you can simulate. And uh, so we want to challenge our team, provide opportunities of development, and teach them and mentor them um, to be the best they can be. And a lot of times in a, in a company meeting, um, a lot of times in a company meeting, I let them know um, I get in a company meeting, I do an hour, we call it TWG, time with Greg, and I do about an hour class and um, it, it all ties around business, um, but it also is is a lot of good content that will, will improve their lives, improve their marriage, improve their parenthood, and um, improve their attitude. And that's what I teach on. Okay, so we got share your vision and set your goals, communicate with your staff, encourage your team, and have teamwork. A well, a healthy office environment 
give positive feedback and reward your team, and then uh, provide opportunities for development. And I will leave with effective leaders like Barnabas sustain hope by offering words of encouragement and offering words of support. Suppose for a moment that Barnabas, Barnabas had not said anything on Saul's behalf. What might have happened? In what ways did his actions demonstrate both love and courage? Think for a moment about how you can follow his example, whether with a family member, a co-worker, or a peer. A little bit of encouragement can go a long way toward motivating those around you. I hope this helps. Have a great day. Carry on.